I'm Dawn. And I'm Tracy. And we are Real Women. Today, we are back with a past guest, the lovely, wonderful Laura Applewhite. Hi, Laura. Oh, thank you so much. Hiya. How are you doing? I'm good, yeah. And as always, Dawn is here with us. Hi, Dawn. Hi. Um, And just for the listeners, before we just press press the button on this, I'm just choking on my water because uh, Laura... Laura previously promised that she was going to wear a sexy underwear for this episode. She isn't. Yeah, she I hasn't just got. Let you s- down. I'm just wearing sexy stripes instead. Sorry about that. Yeah, no <laughs> sexy underwear. Um, yeah, but it does give you a little hint as to where we're going. And yes, we're going there. We promised it way back. Oh gosh, got to be sort of December, January time when Laura was first on. We said. We're going to do some episodes around the topic of sex, relationships, but specifically to do with different areas of life. And Laura, being a pretty much an expert around menopause and all that sort of stuff, is here to literally discuss the topic of sex and relationships in menopause. <laughs> Are you ready for yeah. this, Laura? <laughs> I am. I'm ready for it all. Bring it bring it on. Oh, my God. I've got so much that I would love to say about sex, but I'm going to try and keep it succinct because... Otherwise, we'll be here for four days. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt this could turn into a couple of different parts and we might be bringing some more bits in another episode in the future. So, Laura, what is it? Why is sex and the menopause even something to discuss? You know, is sex not just sex? I mean, yes, sex definitely is just sex and Let's face it, a lot of women, if they're struggling with their menopause, sex might be quite low down on their priority list. And I suppose that's probably a really good place for me to start because I was thinking, when I was thinking about what I would like to talk about today as regards sex, is I I feel like there's three main things that are needed for Definitely for me, but I'm thinking probably most women. You can tell me if you will agree. So, number one, sex has to have pleasure. There has to be pleasure involved. Otherwise, what's forget the it. Yeah. Exactly. We were gifted by God, whether God is a woman, that's another podcast probably. We were gifted with the ability to have multiple orgasms. And so it's all about pleasure. That's the end of that. Can we do a fact check? And we all know by now that I come out with random stuff and I never fact check it. (laughs) So it has to be fact checked. Yes. I think we're the only mammal that has a clitoris. Oh. So this is where the whole female, male, God thing was firstly the first debate I ever had. Somebody said, God must be a female because if God made us all and we are the oh like literally there is no other um uh there is there's no other job for the clitoris to do other than give us pleasure that's its only job it doesn't have well, any function yeah so either god was a woman or he's a man who loves women uh, which for interest that was my response really uh, oh wow genuinely um my response was well with this faith then because some men if it was if god was a man knew what they were doing principle that there was no other there's no other function for a clitoris it's purely there for female pleasure that's it that's its only job wow oh yes let's fact check that i've fact checked it i have fact checked it is it true it's not true oh i think dolphin all all female mammals have a clitoris only mammals not birds and fish but mammals I'm still right. going with it. I'm going to completely ignore that you have a fact check. A fact check? It's no. not just humans. Okay, okay. Let's spin this then. Quick, yeah, quick let's spin quick it. Doctor. Females have something in their body purely for the purpose of sexual pleasure. I think our, our whole body, I think our whole body is designed for pleasure. Like a whole body, a whole body is designed for pleasure. So, so I think as well, so... So, so first things, very, very important. Have to have pleasure, otherwise it's not happening. Um, then 
there needs to be safety and I think that goes obviously below in order of priority that goes below um pleasure safety is like foundational um and also then I think connection and I think connection to self and connection to your own body first because I was thinking about this and I was like well do you need to have connection with the other person because not always you can yeah you don't always yeah but you don't and, you do need yeah and summers would be out of business if the connection was with the other person predominantly also, yeah but also look at people who actually like one night stands yeah purely for the pleasure of the sexual interaction yeah find that really hot don't they yeah like and, I'm, i know i've been married for a million years but not a million, it's 26, but it's quite it's a long time, right? I've been married for 26 years, but back in the day, in my youth, before I was married, I used to enjoy one-night stands. So, yeah, you don't need connection with the other person, but you do always need connection with yourself yeah. and, I think, yeah. your body as well. And I think maybe that's why for women, um, or those three reasons are why for women when they're going through menopause, sex might take a bit of a downturn or it might have been taking a bit of a downturn for a while because maybe sex isn't about pleasure so much anymore. Maybe they're not so connected to their body or themselves anymore um, and perhaps they're not feeling very safe anymore. So that's kind of what I was thinking about. So what do you think about that? Can I just inject a little <clears throat> sprinkle? Yeah. So... so so I think that it, nobody would bat an eyelid at a narrative that was, <clears throat> you know, women lose their their sex drive when they're, or allegedly some women lose their sex drive when they, they're in menopause and things. And, and once again, it's like, oh, we, we're not up for it. But actually... That's bullshit. Erectile dis dysfunction. Sorry, say that again. Erectile dysfunction. Mm -hmm. So... Interestingly, I a lot of my female peers are very sexually active, be it the single ones or the the, the ones in long-term relationships. And actually some of them in long-term relationships have struggled because they're now, they feel they're in their prime, actually. They're really comfortable with their body. They know what they like. They know what they don't like. They can get over their dryness if they're going through medicine. It's not a big deal for them, but actually their partners um are struggling uh with with erection and avoiding it and don't want to go and deal with that so that mm. men and uh I, I know a couple of women and they 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 measure then how imp it's interesting for me to listen to menopausal women actually put out there how important you know, physicality and having sex. You know, the kids have grown up, you've got a bit more yeah. free, you're going on holiday, whatever. Um, but the the disappointment, how it makes them feel that their husbands or partners don't want to deal with it. Because it's basically, yeah. I, I, I don't know a lot about, about that from a male point of view, but let's say they need some Viagra or they need something to help them. The fact, the unwillingness for their partners to do that so that they can have a sex life they take very personally as well. So I just wanted to pop that in just as a balance that I don't, it's the age old thing, isn't it? Oh, once you get married, they don't want to know. Mm. And there's an awful lot of, there's an awful lot of mainstream narrative that when sex isn't um, uh, uh, healthy and regular or regular in a marriage that it's just to do with the woman not feeling like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a bit of a narrative. Some, yeah. some balance on that, that's all. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And I think because, like, for example, sometimes women come to me and they're like, after their hysterectomy, for example, like, really worried. I was as well, really worried. Like, oh, my God, is this going to damage my sex life? Am I going to... Because sometimes when a woman has had a hysterectomy she doesn't um, experience orgasms in the same way that um, she used to really? I think if I'm right um, the way they do the surgery has improved over the years so the risk of that is lower I don't know if that's true or not or just something that I 
have believed in, in my mind. Um, anyway, um, I know that's a big fear for a lot of women. Um, but a lot of the time when I speak to women and I get a bit deeper underneath what is actually going on, I'll, I'll be hearing things like, well, all he ever does is sit around and watch TV in his tracky bottoms. He's not even that interested in me. And I'm like, well, I'm not surprised you don't feel very sexy if that's what's going on. So that is that really like the woman's fault? No, like it needs you need two to tango, right? So you need both people to be putting in exactly the same amount of effort. So what you said um, there, Dawn, was was important, I think, because and what was coming to mind when you were saying it was what seems to me happens over the years is you get together, you have the kids, you do the work, da, da, da. It's always our sex comes to the bottom, sometimes comes to the bottom of the list. And I know this has been the case for Paul and I in the past when we've been going through a bit of a, what I'm going to call a dry patch <laughs> because I've been married 26 years. We've been through dry patches, but it gets like put on the bottom of the list. Right. And you're like, nah, we'll do sex later when I've got all the jobs done or whatever. And I'm like, no, sex is not a job. It doesn't get put to the bottom of the list. But so I think perhaps what happens is you think, oh, well, you know, when the kids are grown or whatever, whatever, when this happens, then we'll have more sex. And when you get to that point, maybe the desire has dropped right off the edge of the cliff and one person wants to do it more than the other. And it might not be the man, it might be it might be the woman, but two, the two of you need to, or, you know, like if you're in a same sex relationship, doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. The both of you need to want it the same amount, otherwise it ain't happening. <laughs> Interesting. Do you, it's quite funny because, you know, part of this is around does it change when we go into the menopause? Is there a difference? I think one is I, I was told by the doctors trying to sort out my hormones that lack of progesterone can actually alter your sex drive. So if you haven't got enough progesterone, that might alter your sex drive. And obviously in menopause, some women will, their progesterone might drop. So that could explain yeah. it. But the other thing is, it, and I, obviously I can't speak like you guys from being married and all this lot, but if I take me as somebody single, forget whether my hormones are going to let me switch the light bulbs on or off or whatever. You've got the simple fact that, you know, I'm now older and safety is more of a factor so, yes, in my younger days, I might have gone home with somebody. I was young. You know, you don't give a shit. Mm. And you suddenly disappear off with somebody and you're like, you know, the old adages, they always take the piss out of the blokes. Do you, do you know what her name was? Yeah. But when you're older, that's not the kind of thing you, wanna, you want to do for mm. many of us because safety, like you say, mm. suddenly becomes a bigger focus. Yeah. Um, and there's also the... I don't know what it is. I can't describe it. We were chatting about it the other day, bizarrely enough. My peer group trying to work out my dating scene for me. Bastards. We literally included it, included it in quarter two strategy planning. Quarter two strategy planning. Amazing. Yes, it's important. I want it there. Good. But yes. the thing is, they, they were they were having this discussion around, you know, well, what what is it you're looking for, blah, blah, blah. And, what, and I think it was Nicky went, and he's got a bit hot. I said... Well, no, because I'm not that bothered about that side of it. It's not just about the sex. And it was really funny because they're like, oh, they sort of jumped back and went, oh, okay then. But as we got further through the discussion, what suddenly became apparent was <clears throat> it's not about whether you want that or not, but if you're not in a relationship, it's, the, it's about, I don't know, the fear the feelings, whatever you want to call them, it's that as a younger person, I would hop, yeah? So yeah. you would have the occasional one-night stand, whatever. Not everybody, but some of us did. But as an older person, that brings an element of fear. Hold on. Mm. Actually, you know, that whole thing about somebody new, mm. we're now going to be having sex with them at some point, potentially. There's a lot of... 
oh my God, do I really want this? Can I be bothered? Do I want to go through all the pain of... So I think some of the older bit around for single people, and this is just my my viewpoint, Mm -hmm. is it's not just so much about whether the drive is there, whether this is there or not. It's that from a safety point of view and from a I know my body, it is no longer a 20-year-old body, there's an element, I don't know what you call it, whether it's fear, um, reluctance, confidence, self-esteem. I'm guessing there's probably a lot of older women that are single and not in a relationship where some of this boils down to, hold on, you know, bearing it all in your younger years is one thing, but bearing it for somebody new in your older years, not so sure about that one. Yeah. So is it menopause or is it just that we're older and things have changed mentally for us yeah i mean i think a big thing about like the discussion around menopause and something i don't think i mentioned last time but something that's really really alive for me at the moment is like i don't really love it when menopause gets pathologized so like you know, like, oh, I can't have sex because I'm going through the menopause. Oh, I can't do this because of the menopause. Or I'm not happy in my life because of the menopause. Everything is down to the menopause. I don't think you can really blame everything on the menopause. And even though to the extent with, you know, like if your progesterone drops, then you might lose your sex drive. Well, I don't know. I I haven't got to the bottom of that yet myself. Because, for example, I take HRT, but because I don't have a womb anymore, I don't get progesterone in this country you don't get progesterone because i don't have a a womb anymore in america you do but in this country you don't so i don't know how much progesterone my body is still producing naturally or how long it will do if it is but my sex drive is not going down it's going up but i think that's because and you know maybe we'll come back to this in a minute but i think before my hysterectomy because i was on the pill for so long i was basically chemically castrated but (laughs) that may be another thing but so so again so like um you were saying before like i don't know if you know that from what that doctor said to you i I don't know if your sex drive will necessarily dip because of lower progesterone i think the safety issue is or the safety piece is is a bigger issue and how you feel in your body is a bigger issue so even for example, if you're in your twenties, maybe you're less likely to have one night stands and be more free to share your body with someone then because you're worried about what you look like. You're more worried about what you look like or what the other person is gonna think about you or what you're exposing yourself to. So maybe if those fears or that reluctance or the confidence is is, um, dropping as you're getting older as you're going into menopause maybe it's more of a balancing act and and maybe it's more like oh well actually you're not feeling fully safe in yourself so you've got more to think about before you share your body with someone because that's what sex is isn't it sharing a body with someone for pleasure and i think if people feel really safe and secure in their body i wonder and you know you can tell me what you think if you're feeling really safe in your body would you feel more open and available to share your body more freely with anyone i don't know anybody who is my age ish who's going through either perimenopause or menopause who has any uh, uh, less of a sex drive when their emotional needs are being met and when the men are still uh, seeking to pleasure in a mindful way. Yeah. I, I think I think this is really controversial potentially because we often have guises to hide behind and it's very convenient in your 50s, you're both, you know, this is obviously slight, slightly different for, for single people because I think Tracy nailed it actually in terms of the, I've got to share my body with a stranger and start all that all over again and I haven't got a 20 year old body anymore. I, I think that, that that that's the safety issue, isn't it? I think when you're in a long-term relationship, you've been together 20, 30 years, uh, 
neither one of you know maybe both both husband and wife or both which I should, you know even if it's the same sex couple both parties have let themselves go a little bit have become a bit complacent they've got into a boring sexual routine you know they maybe do it once a week or once a month or once every three months it's the same there's, there's it's the same old same mm. they're not listening to each other anymore and actually of course your sex drive goes down there because actually the pleasure has reduced because it mm. was mature and i don't know how much of the menopause actually genuinely because if even you can be in full-blown menopause with a severe lack of progesterone i don't know but if your partner is still stimulating you emotionally physically making you safe you've got connection with yourself and them i don't i think the sex gets better because you've yeah. got intimacy and 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 i don't if we were really brutally honest and looked and there's always going to be extremes so maybe there are you know progesterone does have you know an extreme i would be really interested to for people to explore that mentally and ask themselves progesterone lack of or thereof or you know menopause aside is me and are me and my partner do i just not fancy him anymore and do i not fancy myself anymore yeah it, those things that have reduced the sex drive or is it really the menopause Exactly. And then that goes back to as well what I was saying before about the connection to your body. If you're not connected to your body anymore and like, you know, do you touch yourself? Do you look at yourself in the mirror? Like, are you like looking at yourself every day going, oh, God, I look like a piece of shit and, and shit talking yourself like that? And, you know, or do you have that connection with your body? And I love to talk about body love but if it's difficult to for a woman or or a man or, or whatever, if it's difficult for you to love your body, you can't do that. Could you respect to your body as well? That's another thing that is like you can you can go on the path. Like you know, I'm more like very feminine in my like. I want to. I want everyone to talk about self love and loving their themselves and their body. But if you can't do that. We can understand that because, you know, like say if you've been through surgeries or if you had kids or I don't know, if you've got something wrong with your body physically, you might find it hard to love your body. So can you respect your body? Because that would be a good start. Um, and, you know, I think, um, Dawn, what you're saying is right. I think everything aside um, is the real question, like, am I attracted to my partner anymore? Are they attracted to me? Um, is sex now boring? But also the other thing that I wanted to bring in as well is like, what if you can't have sex? Like some people can't, like if you've just had surgery, just because I, you know, surgery is quite an easy thing for me to talk about. Can't have sex then. It's, you're just, it's not, you're not supposed to, it's not a good idea. You need to heal even though some women I know are like chomping and they just need to get, <laughs> they need to get recovered so they can get back to it, which I love. But, you know, you can't, you can't, you mustn't do that in that scenario. But there's other reasons why you can't have sex. Sometimes people can't. Um, so what else can you do to um, have that intimacy with your body, uh, with your with your partner? Because... I don't know. And and I suppose there's another question that always comes to mind and it's something that I want to know the answer to. Um, it, it's always in my mind. It's like, how old, like, how old are you going to be when you like, oh, do you know what? I don't want to do it anymore. Because like, I want to, at this age, at 46, like, I want to still be able to enjoy sex for as long as possible. 60, 70, 80, 90, however old I live, I want to. That's how I feel now. But am I going to get to a stage where I'm just like, nah, I don't want to. So what's the oldest age? I don't <laughs> That's what I want to know. I wouldn't have a clue. I haven't got there. But, I mean, they say, I don't know, there is a, there is a sort of common theory that men, men will keep going longer but I'm not sure if that's true either 
I think, I don't know, because, I mean, it brings about the thing, innit? You know, it's like we think about our parents, our grandparents, and it's like that you have that thought of, I wonder if they're still having sex. And it's like, no, don't go there. Yeah, no, no. But, <laughs> so but is we that, should be asking them, right? <laughs> yeah, but is that is that something in many of us that has this has this belief that it stops when you get to a certain age? Yeah, yeah, right. I think so. And I think as well, like, I think we're all a little bit, like, ageist as well mm. against ourselves and other people as well. Like, it's all, you know, everything's all fun while everyone's all young and, like, virile and vivacious and all the rest of it. But, like, well, as we age, especially for women, it's like, oh, like, do I have to be old now? Like, do I have to go invisible no <laughs> let's be visible forever <laughs> and but i think in in society in the world i don't think it's specific to the uk i think we're all very very ageist and i yeah. would like that stop around sex we are <clears throat> i can yeah. i can remember um i mean god bless her she's gone now but my parents were active <laughs> Uh, until until one of them died basically amazing oh uh, wow how old were they when they well dad's still going he well not literally still going like <laughs> no he is literally still going he's still living <laughs> he's still here you have to let him know before don't listen to this one <laughs> but i do know that there are some older men that are sort of a lot older <clears throat> if they've had a stroke and it doesn't work anymore and things like that. But yeah. my granddad, who was an absolute stud, by the way, uh, went on a cruise in his 80s and my mum was furious because she found uh, condoms in his wallet. And then he <laughs> he complained at, at what a bloody shit cruise it was because they were all old. And she's like, Dad, you, you are too. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. I think, and then, and then I, d I don't think, I don't think that women, do, do you think that as we get older, we are comfortable to admit that we want to be sexually active and do we, what, do we, do we like to admit that? I mean, I do. And I think I, I, I could be wrong, but I think that I will, um, because that's part of who I am. Yeah. Um, but I think for some women, it, it tends to switch off. And I don't know, sometimes it, it seems like it's gone on for so long and they've been switched off for so long that it's like a distant memory, like that wasn't them anymore. And, you know, it's not for me to judge. Um, that isn't um, for us um, to do at all. But if some if someone would like to be connected to that um, part of their lives, and I think it's a it's a great shame if they don't feel able to explore that or rekindle that um, with their partner as well. I mean, I intend to have sex till I'm mainly. There's a couple of reasons. Firstly, I hate exercise, and it's my excuse to not exercise. <laughs> can burn Just have all the sex. Can burn <laughs> calories instead. Yes. <laughs> husband is obviously fitness freak and tells me all the time I should exercise it's really really good for me to say can we do this instead honey which often <laughs> works which is good because then Amazing. I, I love it so that's just intelligent thinking from my yeah part. I like, I'm it. Trying to avoid I like you're playing to each other's yeah, strengths there I'm I like trying that. to avoid the exercise so there's one thing but the other thing is we've known each other a very long time and within that is ultimate trust. Hmm. It was really interesting that you'd said about safety because I think your repertoire, your sexual repertoire actually increases uh, the, the more, the longer you've been with somebody if you still feel safe. And so I scratch my head a little bit when people describe oh, sex isn't as good now as what it was when we were young, whereas I have a complete opposite of that experience. And I attribute that to the fact that we that we have that intimacy and that safety. And, you know, 
literally there's nothing that we couldn't say to each other or ask for or say no to or there's nothing mm. nothing yeah. not a single thing I and think, so I was going to say I think that actually that resonates a little bit in the sense of you know we're talking about it you know menopause could be blamed on why somebody's sex drive goes down I think maybe it's a load of bollocks quite frankly yeah. because if you, if you think about it when for me anyway and I don't you know many of us when we're younger we will we won't worry about having sex you know we'll we'll some of us might be in a relationship some of us might be waiting for marriage but there there are many out there there there's the odd one night stand or a week long relationship or a holiday romance whatever and I think um I think at the end of the day it's so funny I'm talking about this and my son's trying to call me at the end of the day, when we're younger, I think there's an element of we're okay that we are going to be having sex and there isn't any true intimacy from an emotional point of view. That's okay. I think mm. as I get older, the two things get more and more linked. If I'm going to be intimate with somebody, that's physical and emotional, it isn't just a physical thing. So that resonates a little bit that actually maybe yeah. that's the issue. It's not menopause. It's not hormones. Uh, it's the fact of, no, um, I'll go out, I'll go dating, I'll go and have a meal with you, I'll go and have a drink. But until we're emotionally intimate, I ain't getting physically intimate. Yeah, 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 definitely. I was just thinking that as you were speaking then, I was like, hmm, I wonder what you're like in friendships in general because – even if we look at you and how you like to connect with people as a as a friendship, I mean, is it like, do you like to just like connect quickly and then like fuck them off? Or do you like to be intimate with people? Because if that's how you like to be in relationship with some someone, that's likely how you're going to be wanting to show up yeah. in a relationship. Well, it's quite well. funny because, I mean, obviously being a businesswoman, I'm, I'm very big on networking and I have have lots of acquaintances, lots of people I know. Um, I have a few close friends, but not loads. But I think the whole of my life, I can quite happily go networking and talk to somebody um, and have a conversation with them and get to know them. But for me to bring that person into the inner circle of being close with them, that takes time and an element of can I trust this person and I guess that's what comes through sexual relationships mm. you know I'm not yes when I was younger I'd do the odd bit of networking and then never see them again so to speak mm. but as I got older it was more about no this you know for me to go to that space there has to be that has to be an element of trust, an element of this is going to go somewhere, mm. an element of I can bring you closer because I feel safe, I feel okay mm. about it. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Laura. It, it, part of this boils down to who we really are and what values we have. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think across, you can even just put that across, like, every single part of your life. Yeah. Then, yeah. yeah, but we do, I was saying to the... Um, to the peer group the other day, you know, we were talking about it and I said, I'm actually quite okay with being in a relationship with somebody, but never physically living with them. And that to me, that's okay as well. So I think there's an element for me of, I don't know, maybe I'm going to be Carol Vorderman, get to 60 odd and have five special friends. Yeah, why not? Why not? I've been fuck buddies. And do you know what? If we're really honest, good sex is marvellous. Well, I mean, let's not have bad... Can we just cancel bad sets? Like, no. No. No, there's no point. We've got Ann Summers, as Tracy said earlier. We can do stuff on our own if we want to. Like, let's just never have bad sex again. As can the men, guys. We're not discluding the men here or excluding the men. Men can have sort of sex on their own, so to speak, as well. So we're not just saying it's a woman thing. Yeah. But, yeah, I I think it's beginning to dispel the myth that you know your sex drive disappears when you're in the menopause Nah, i don't know nah. i think nah. it's got i think there's a whole host of other factors yeah 
that I think make the difference? The, the, the safety and the connection and the pleasure. And like, um, you know, I think I touched on it at the start. I think if women or anyone, you can just say, and you can just apply this to anyone. If you feel like you have to have sex because like, oh. I, I get it a lot. People are like, they, it's almost like they feel like they have to put out. And I'm like, mm. Mm, no. My fanny's drying up just listening to you talk like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, my husband, if he even got uh, got a whiff, got even a hint that I was going, that I didn't want to, that would put him off. Yeah, good. Like, there's, there's pleasure in the pleasure of you both wanting yeah. the pleasure. Right, exactly. Like 360 so, so, pleasure. You know, when you... When you get women who are going through the mud, yeah, just do it. Do you not think that the man knows that you're just... I mean, you'd hope so, wouldn't how you? Like, how much pleasure can you get? And, and what he's doing is just having some quick release. He's not actually getting the intimacy. or the. That's why there's no intimacy, because... Oh, you've got a hand for that. Sorry, oh, now. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing is, I think some men probably do know... Oh, in the sense to... that they will know that it's not complete. Um, yeah. And so they'll know something's wrong. I don't believe that they they all think, oh, this is okay. I mean, there might be occasions, but I think at the end of the day, we all know when the synchronicity is not there. And if we look yeah. at when, if I look back at some of my relationships, when the sex, you know, I started getting to the stage of I can't, I don't want to put out right now. It wasn't because I didn't want to put out. It's because the relationship with that person wasn't where we weren't both on the same page. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like the, there was something wrong with the connection, or there's yeah. something skewing with the connection there going on. Yeah, I think I think that's right. And I think I mean when I was just thinking, I was you know I jokingly said about the dry patch um, a minute ago, and I was like, well, a lot of that was as I said because of the pill and chemical castration but also when I was really unwell from my periods as well it was a physical thing so we we it wasn't it just wasn't happening because I felt like absolute death warmed up and I think he was probably scared to come near me because he was wondering how come I wasn't dead because I was bleeding so much <laughs> so like he wasn't feeling like it was a priority for him and it certainly wasn't a priority for me um and it wasn't because either of us had done anything wrong. It just, but if the intimacy, even though there was there wasn't any physical, you know, sex going on for whatever reason, if the intimacy, yeah, is there, the physical, the, the emotional intimacy, yeah, I think my biggest tip, if I was to look back, and me and my husband have gone through periods of absolute World War Three, like literally. But I think one of the reasons that has salvaged our intimacy is that we actually talk about sex, talk about emotion. We talk about it. We get it. You know, I've got to tell you, actually, one of my one of the funniest things that my son, one of my, my eldest son, so he's I think he's 36. I forget. I, I overheard a conversation between him and my husband and they do the bloke thing, you know, women. And Sam, this is brilliant. He's like, hey, you know you're in the sh you know. Let me tell you how scary women are and why all men should fear. If a woman bleeds for six to seven days, it's nothing. If a man bled for seven days, we would be dead. Yeah. And and I think it's just a brilliant way of wrapping the respect up of she is to be scared of because she can bleed for seven days and not die. <laughs> exactly. But I genuinely think that my husband like couldn't wrap his, he's like, how, like, how can you bleed so much and not be dead? Like, like it, it, I definitely think that was like a bit of a, huh? but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, yeah. Different, different. It's not like being cut with a, with a knife or anything like that, but yeah. so fascinating. I think we've come to the conclusion that we're not um, we're not convinced that sex drive and menopause are directly linked. They might be indirectly, and there might be people where it is, but it's not not the case for everybody. Um, 
so yeah, I'm sure we'll be doing another episode um, with you around this topic again in the future, Laura. I know oh, we're going to be so. we're going to be really having other guests on the for the for a different area of relationships and sex. Um, but it's been fabulous having you on again. Thank you so um, much. I love chatting with you too. You're amazing. Thank you. And I'm gonna I'm gonna before I say goodbye to Dawn, uh, I'm going to sort of scare you with a couple of weird facts oh are you ready for this you know what i'm like for checking these facts dawn yeah can't come i can't guarantee they're true because the fact you know it's good old google but this is scary you know i looked up the one about whether it's just females that have a clitoris and it says no it's all female mammals how do they know that it is a pleasure thing because some bizarre scientists have actually stimulated Oh. Um, monkeys, chimps, and cows, and proved okay. that okay. it is a pleasure point. How the frig? I mean, really? I oh my god! Oh my god! No, let's not. I've got a fun fact about the clitoris as well. In a minute, I think I might have mentioned it last time, but you carry on, and I'll say it after. So yeah, there are there are bizarre people out there here that are proving that female mammals not only have them but for female mammals as well as females use humans it is for pleasure and here's the other thing dawn i think you need to get a gym membership i don't care how much sex you're having with with your rubby you need a gym membership and i'll tell you why when you go running a female will burn in 30 30 minutes 213 calories on average and a man will burn 276 on average their muscles are bigger They'll burn more more calories normally. On the other hand, um, a male will spend 30, uh, 101 calories having sex, whilst the female burns just 69 calories having sex. 69? 69. 69. <laughs> yeah, However, what I'm going to say is, Google is talking about average men and women and average sex, and I don't have that situation. You don't have average sex. Burn more, I'm absolutely sure. Yeah. The bizarre thing is, though, like with any facts, because I just thought it was so fun that Dawn had said, you know, she, she doesn't like exercise, <laughs> yeah. so she uses it as a come on. It's the first time I've ever known gym and exercise be used as a come on, but there you go. The bizarre thing is they talk about the calories you burn at 30 minutes of running, Yeah. But they're giving you the calories you burn in 10 minutes of sex. Surely you have to multiply that number by three to make it equal. Well, they just know how long people... Also, the downside is if I ran for 30 minutes, I'd be dead. So all the calories that I've burned would be useless because I'd be a goner. (laughs) But you can do that. So... I need to, um, Tracy, if you want to hear this fun fact I've got about clitoris, then I might need to help you um, fact check this while I'm saying it. Go on then. If I if I said this before, um, tell me and I'll stop. But um, I howl with laughter about this because, um, guess, it was a man, of course, it was a man who first discovered the clitoris. Did I, did I mention this before? No. Oh, yeah. So, like, I don't know, like, in the 1800s or something, um, this man, this French guy, um, he was, like... It had to be a French guy, right? Obviously. It had to be a French guy. Uh, uh, he found... He, like, was celebrating himself for finding the clitoris and da-da-da. And I just howl with this because I'm just, like, all of the women that he knew in that day and age were probably just, like, mm, yeah, sure. Yeah, like of course, of course you discovered the clitoris. Just like pat him on the head, like of course you did, darling. <laughs> of course it was not a man who just. I'm just like, come on, guys. Discovered the clitoris. Yeah, I think no. probably pretty uh, clearly there before. Yeah. So <laughs> I actually, it's really funny. I was watching. Um, oh, Car- is it Cara Devine's Pleasure of Sex on BBC? A series she did. And because as people now make models of the clitoris, because it isn't it, it's like it's like an underground fucking triffid. It's the, the it's it's huge. It actually it it goes back into the body and sort of down towards the thighs 
the back of the thighs where the butt is. But if you ever look online at artwork that is basically, they've done artwork that is the clitoris with all the skin gone away from the body so you can see the true shape of it. And it looks a bit like a wishbone with wings, basically. Okay. So it's quite fascinating in the modern era how we're actually looking at the whole part of this organ. It's not just one point. But anyway, going back to yours, it's actually, it stands for, according to one little bit of research on here, and bear in mind, guys, I don't spend years researching this. I've just gone Google. Um, it actually means the love of Venus. That's oh, what the word means. That. Yeah, which I really love that. Um, but yeah, really funny when you look at artwork of it and drawings of it, it does look like a figurine of a woman with a cape on. It does. Because it is, it is the superhero. Yeah. Well, this is it. So the bit you were talking about, about a guy actually discovering it, that claimed to have happened in 1559 by an anatomist called Rinaldus Columbus, um, and he was also the one to first hint at the fact that the tissue of the clitoris becomes erect. Well. How we found this out in 1559, I've got no bloody idea. But, but hey, we need go. to get this back. This is a woman's discovery, not a man's discovery. I'm sorry. There must be a woman that he was familiar with in those times that really discovered the clitoris. There probably was. The, her name on that. Well, yeah. there probably was. But when you think about back to that time, you know, men, women didn't have the vote back then. Yeah, we were not an equal species at that time. And I suspect any woman that had found it was going to keep that all to herself so she could continue enjoying it. Alone. Alone. Yeah. <laughs> so one tip then. So um, what is between the three of us one top tip if sex isn't what you want it to be um, and you're perimenopausal or menopausal? Or single or married what would what would be your top takeaway and top tip either to yourself or others really my top tip is always gonna be about getting really honest with yourself about one what's going on and two like what do you want like no blaming someone else for not giving you what you want no shaming yourself or anyone or anything like it's this person's fault or it's my fault or I've done something wrong or anyone else is doing anything wrong what do you want what do you want what do you want and when you know what you want quickest way to get it comes back to anything doesn't it really it's um be make sure you understand and discover who you are emotionally and physically um and be okay be accepting that our bodies change. Hmm. Yeah. Don't be ageist about yourself. Our bodies change. And sometimes whether you're in a relationship and so you've each got complacent with each other because you've seen those bodies change slowly over time or whether you're single. So you've got the issue of, well, this person's seen me for the first time and my body's not what it was many years ago discover who you are and be okay that the fact that as you age your body will change yeah and you're beautiful anyway yeah there's my tip yeah and i think mine sits somewhere in in a similar grain really i think i think i as far as i'm concerned officially on real real women we have proved the point scientifically conclusively that um if you're happy and emotionally connected with yourself and whoever else, sex is fine. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, that's our discovery. Yes. Um, but I think I think it's about giving yourself permission to to be honest about it and actually be honest about some of the belief systems around sex. I think we were raised in an era where we weren't able. There's a there's a lot of shame around sex yeah even healthy sex mm. there's a lot of shame around it and and I think what needs to happen is for us to be not ashamed of 
being okay with having sex and 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 it's it's a plethora of exploration and pleasure and it's intimate and it releases hormones and it 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 actually is there for more than just i think it's a really good thing to do um so have it yes do you know that that is brilliant as you said that something suddenly dawned on me dawn do you like that dawn <laughs> so it on dawned me. on you <laughs> yeah dawn's normally the one with the little odd little quips like let's just pop it in there when we're in the middle of a discussion about sex and relationships you know what i mean <laughs> dawned on me we are the first generation in fact we probably are the first generation where the woman has a full right of choice because if we go to our parents it even in the 60s it was still the case that if you were married the woman had no say in whether she had sex with her husband or not we're the first generation so maybe that's where some of this is coming from that we're the first generation that can actually decide Mm. do we want to or not that's cool though isn't it if you think about it for our yeah. from our perspective like we're liberated like yeah. we can choose yeah and like you say our parents weren't able to like i think in the 70s women weren't even allowed to have a bank account on their own were they oh i don't know about that one that's an interesting i know it i know it i think it was mid to i think it was mid to late 60s before the law changed about whether if her husband actually had sex with his wife and she didn't want to, it, it wasn't actually rape in the oh, 60s. No, yeah, no, that, was, that was still the case in the 80s. So I wasn't was that- allowed. I wasn't allowed. I couldn't... My solicitor wasn't legally allowed to stand up in court in the 80s and represent me for rape because it was legally my ex-husband's conjugal right. That's oh I, my yeah. word! So that was still that's, happening in the eighties. Isn't it? I bet you were fuming, weren't you? Fucking furious, savage. Like, so, but, so, so we're uh, in quite a brilliant era of the world, then, in the sense that okay, so we, there's been parts of our lives where it's still the case that we didn't have full choice, but we are a, the generation where it became possible. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Fascinating. Fascinating. Oh my god. Sorry. This is this is the thing. I could talk about this all afternoon. Oh, it's not good. I doubt it's going to be the last discussion. We we, Dawn and I have got plans every so often, uh, guys. We're going to be bringing uh, people on where our little discussion is just going to be around the physical side of life. Quite frankly, because it exists. We're not just here to do business. We're not just here to do laundry. And you know what? Everybody's got a physical side to their life. So with that uh, said and done, thank you very much for your time, Laura. And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. for your company and to share your spandex and stiletto stories with us tag at real women podcast on instagram